Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. Remain standing if you would as you turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We've been speaking a series of messages called Yes and Amen. That all the promises of God are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. Now, as we read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, this is the final message of that series. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, and some estimate anywhere from two to 3,000 promises, they are yes in Christ. Someone shout yes. yes. And through him, amen is spoken by us. To the glory of God, bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says, you may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want you to understand this. The Bible says that all the promises are an amen through Christ Jesus. So what it's saying is this. God says yes to the promise. We say amen. Amen means to come into agreement, affirmative. And so when God says yes to healing, we say amen Amen because we come into agreement. When God says yes to provision, we say amen. When God says yes to deliverance, we say amen. So all the promises of God are yes and amen. All we have to do is come into agreement with what God has already said over your life. The promises there, it just means it's time for us to come into agreement with that promise. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Uh, let, let me ask you a question this morning. Don't raise your hands. I just want, this is an internal question, all right? So wives, don't hit your husbands, and husbands, don't hit your wives or look at your kids. Have you ever blown it big time? Yes and amen. (laughs) Have you ever blown it big time? Where you made a mistake, where you broke a vow, where you sinned against God, where you said, I'll never do this again, and you end up hurting someone, you let someone down, you break a promise, you disappoint yourself, or you disappoint God. Has anyone ever been there before? Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you got too much in debt? You told yourself that, that you were going to be there for someone and you didn't show up. You made someone a promise, a vow, and you ended up breaking it. You, you, you neglected your marriage. You ended up uh, not being there for your family. You ended up blowing it. You were too hard on your kids. You ended up pulling away. You lost your temper again. You looked at porn again. You ended up gambling again. And all these things that you said that you would never do, you end up doing again and then when you blow it you feel so guilty you feel so much shame in your life and you you're afraid to call out to God because you feel so dirty inside or am I the only one y'all looking at me like pastor you mess you got a messed up life See, I'm never going to lose my temper again. And then, you know, you get cut off on the freeway and you start flipping the person off in front of you and go into road rage. Someone said amen. I'm not going to look that way to find out who. But uh, (laughs) I was on the way to church this morning. Father, cover us. But one day you wake up and you wonder, how did I get here? How did I end up in this situation? 
I used to be so close to God. I used to be so on fire for God. I used to be I used to be the first one to church, the last one to leave. When someone was going through a problem, they called me to help them through their situation. And now I'm the one that's stuck. Now I'm the one that's battling. And people that were going through seasons of life would call me and I'd give them good direction. And now I can't even help myself out. Peter is in this situation. He's in the situation right now where he messed up and never thought that he would be in this situation. If there's ever an individual in the word of God that we could write off, it would be Peter. If there was ever an individual that you could look at and say, this person does not deserve the grace of God, it would be Peter. Yet we see God ends up using this man that messed up on multiple occasions. God still showed up for him and used him in a great manner. I came to tell someone today, you're beginning to feel like you blew it, you messed up, and that God can't use you. But I came to tell you today that God's grace, God's power, God's mercy is still there. I serve a God of second chances and not just second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, hundredth, a million tra- How many times has God forgiven us and restored us? In Luke chapter 22, before Jesus is betrayed, he tells the disciples that he's about to be handed over and he's going to go to the cross. And he tells them, all of you are going to fall away on account of me. Every single one of you that I poured my life into, every one of you that I've given my heart to these past three years, every one of you is going to abandon me before this night is over. Yet Peter tells them this, man, all of them may walk away from you, Jesus, but I won't. I got your back. I'm I'm down for you. I got your back. Your back is got. I I need you to understand. I'm loyal to the soil. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. I'm going to be there. Everyone else might walk away from you. But Jesus, I'm going to be right by your side. And Jesus looks at him and tells him, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny knowing me three times. Not once. Not twice, three times. Once is a mistake. Twice is an issue. Three times is a habit. And now he finds himself where he was so convinced he would never do this. Look at Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Those of you online, I'm speaking to someone right now. Then they seized Jesus and led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a... You want to know why you ended up getting disconnected? You want to know why you ended up failing where you should have succeeded? You want to know why your marriage is beginning to fall apart? Why your family is is beginning to disperse? It's because whenever we begin to follow Jesus at a distance, something begins to happen. That it's not something that happens immediately. It's something that happens gradually. All of a sudden, where you used to be right next to Jesus, where you could sit there and hear his heartbeat, now all of a sudden, and you're satisfied with just being in the area. Amen. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. Verse 55 says, And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, he sat down together, and Peter sat down with them. I want you to notice two things Peter messed up on. And I think when we fail, when I fail, let me speak to myself. When I fail, 
there's usually two reasons that I fail. Number one is that usually I under, un, underestimate my own weakness. I underestimate my own weakness. I think I'm stronger than I think I am. I, I, can, I can go to that place. I can be around those people. I can be in that environment. Or I, I begin to put my guard down. The second thing is that I begin to follow at a distance. That where I used to be close, where I used to be right next to God, I begin to find myself drifting away. Things I used to do on a daily basis, maybe I do on an occasional basis. But I want you to know something, is that many of us won't just find up. You don't just wake up one day away from God. You don't just wake up one day disconnected from your walk with God. It begins to happen gradually. And you get to the point that just like that, that, that frog in, that wa- in the boiling water, that's a temperature begins to rise up, you sit there long enough and you begin to get accustomed to your environment. Before you know it, you're boiling. Number one, I want you to see this. He underestimated his weakness. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that we got to be careful whenever we think that we're strong, lest we fall. What he's talking about is a sense of pride. That'll never happen to me. Here's someone having an affair. Man, that'll never happen to me. I'll never find my, I'll never be in that situation. And then all of a sudden you get so pride filled that you begin to start ignoring the warning signs that start showing up. I'll never end up in debt. I'm good with money. Before you know it, you find yourself in that situation. I I can control my gambling. I can control my addiction. And the problem is this, is that many times that we we think that we have self-control. We think that we're strong enough. But I want you to understand that whenever we think that we're strong enough, all of a sudden a situation comes up and reveals that we're not as strong as we think we were. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 says this. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful. Look at your neighbor, tell him, be careful. Tell your other neighbor, be careful. This is a warning. Be careful that you don't fail, that you don't fall. No temptation has overcome you except what is common to man, mankind. For God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is where people get things confused in the word of God. How many of you have ever heard someone say, God will not allow me to go through anything I can't handle? Right? You misread the scripture. Scripture's not saying he won't allow you to go through anything that you can't handle. How many know that we've gone through some things we can't handle? When my daughter died of leukemia, I couldn't handle that. Some of you, when you went through the loss of a family member, a loved one, a divorce, you went through the law, you saw your child making decisions that you didn't agree with. I want you to understand something. Those are things that we could not handle. That's more than we can handle. What Jesus is talking about or what, for, what Paul is talking about here is that God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can stand. He's talking about temptation, not trials. God won't allow you, God's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can stand without what? Providing a way of escape. When you give in to temptation, it's because we chose not to take the exit. Oh, come on, somebody. Talk to me. Many times in our lives, we have to first start, and I want everyone here, first thing that we have to do is we have to acknowledge our weakness. Acknowledge your weakness. 
Be upfront with it. When we act like we're strong, when we act like we're, 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 there's no weaknesses in us, that's where we end up messing up. The second thing I want you to see is this, is that he followed at a distance. Now, I, I don't know about you, but if you've ever gone hiking, we, we do that uh, every so often. We'll go up here and do the hike out here on Mission Peak. And I can't walk it. I have a harder time walking Mission Peak than I do running it. And so when I get to Mission Peak, I, I, me and my wife and my family, when we're doing it, I, we, I just start, get to the hills, I start jogging. And when I get to the flat area, I walk. Then when I get back to a hill, I run it again. Because for me, it takes more energy for me to walk up. But as we're going through the process, all of a sudden, I start noticing those that are lagging behind. I'll catch up. You go ahead. And so we go up to the top. And now, as I'm waiting for them to catch up, I'm losing my heart rhythm. I'm losing the, the, the workout that I'm trying to get by waiting for everyone. You see, before you know it, now all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're just sitting there. It's not being a hike. Now all you're doing is waiting. The word distance means this, from afar or distant. The root word literally means a long distance. The word is saying this, that the distance between Jesus and, Paul and Peter wasn't a small distance. It wasn't a small thing. He allowed a great gap to take place. And in many of our lives, we allow gaps to take place in our walk with God, a gap of relationship, a gap of community, a gap. Well, I'll show, I'll show up to church maybe once a month. I'll, I'll read the word maybe once every, every couple days or whatever. We begin to find ourselves lagging behind and see that lagging behind is figuratively and it's literal as well because Peter didn't just wake up and find himself lagging behind when Jesus told him Peter the enemy has desired to sift you like wheat in other words Peter you're going to go through some difficulties up ahead and so I need you to pray I need you to get ready for what's the battle that's about to take place. Jesus was preparing Peter. He loved him so much that he was trying to tell him, son, come on. I want you to understand there is a battle coming your way. I need someone to hear me this morning that there are battles that you're going to go through. You're going to go through some fights. You're going to go through some battles. You're going to go through some discord. You're going to go through some troubled times. You're going to lose some loved ones. You're going to find some relationships get broken. But I came to tell you that it's in those times you got to stay close to God. Instead of preparing for this, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? How many? Now, if you go back after Jesus told him that the enemy is desired to sift him like wheat, Jesus takes him to the Mount to Gethsemane to pray. And he tells him, stay here, watch, and pray. And then Jesus went a little farther. Someone say a little farther. See, every, so, as if you're a leader, I heard T.D. Jake say one time, is that as leaders, you have to go farther than your followers. You have to be, go, be able to go a little farther. Jesus goes a little farther and begins to pray. When he comes back, he finds the disciples doing what? Jesus, well, I just pray right now, God, that you would be with Jesus, that you would watch over Jesus, that you would, they're not praying. They're, so Jesus goes back, prays again, same prayer, goes back, and what are they doing? Again, he goes back 
and he prays a third time. And when he comes back, what are they doing the third time? Sleeping again. Following the pattern? Peter ended up distant in his heart before he came distant in his person. Oh, you, you missed that. He started falling back before the distance was started back here when he should be praying. He should have been praying on three occasions. He should have been preparing on three occasions. But instead of praying, he fell asleep. He gave into his flesh. He gave into the tiredness. He gave into the environment. He gave into the situation. Then many of us right now, when you should be praying, you're sleeping. Instead of praying, instead of digging in, instead of praying for your marriage, instead of praying for your kids, instead of standing in the gap, you're so overwhelmed by what you're going through. You're thrown in the towel. You're asleep at the wheel when you should be praying. Amen. You're sleeping. We need more fathers that are staying up and praying for their families. We need more moms that are standing in the gap and praying. Because when you wake up out of that slumber, the problem's still going to be there. Peter didn't just find a distance because he woke up there one day. He failed to do the right thing and he ended up distant from God. Now, before he came distant in his heart, he came, became distant in the following. I ask sometimes, was, was it out of embarrassment that he followed at a distance? That he had fallen asleep three times? Or what, was he embarrassed because he cut off the servant's ear? Was he embarrassed because somehow he fell asleep? That The enemy will use guilt and shame in your life. Have you ever blown it? Instead of praying and coming back to God, you're afraid to come back to God. You're afraid to call out to God because you're like, man, God doesn't want to hear this again. I, I don't know how many times I've blown it. I've said I'm not going to do this again, and here I am again. Here I'm back in the same situation, and I'm calling on God, and you're so embarrassed. You feel so much guilt that instead of running back to God, you run away from God because you're ashamed of the things that you've done. Look at Luke chapter 22, verse 56. It says, a servant girl saw him seated there. Now, this is important. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. Verse 57, but he what? He denied it. Now, many of us haven't denied Jesus by our words, but we have denied Jesus by our actions. We get around a certain crowd, and now all of a sudden our convictions disappear. Things we would never have done before, now we do. Whether it's gossip, whether it's party, whatever it may be, we end up doing things we, never, we, we had planned that to never do before. Verse 57, he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. Verse 58, a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. And he said, man, I am not, Peter replied. Verse 59, and about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this man was with him, for he's a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. You see, I want you to understand that the book of Matthew puts it this way. In the last one, he's literally saying this, man, let a curse fall on me if I'm lying. Let a curse fall on me if I'm lying about knowing Jesus. He's scared to death because Jesus is about to be put to death. And he knows that if he confesses that he knows Jesus, he might end up in the same situation. He's in a self-preservation mode. He's afraid to admit who he 
he is because he's afraid that he might end up going through physical harm. I came to tell someone here this morning, you're so concerned about your physical well-being that you forgot about your spiritual well-being. He's not fooling anyone but himself. Some of you, you're not fooling anyone but yourself. I don't have a problem. It's not an issue. I'm good. I got this. I'm strong enough. I don't have an issue with that addiction anymore. I don't have an issue with that woman anymore. I don't have an issue with pornography anymore. I don't have an issue with gambling. I don't have an issue with money or greed. I don't have a problem. And see, the problem is this. I don't have a problem in my marriage. My family is fine. You see, you got to understand, I don't have a problem. I can quit any time. I could stop at any time. You see, I'm not weak. My marriage is fine. My family's fine. My kids are fine. The reality is this. Everything's falling apart, and you just haven't been able to, to own up to it and recognize that through your weakness he's made strong as we get ready to close I want you to see here in verse 60 just as he was speaking the rooster crowed now what what Jesus told him dude you're you're, you're gonna deny me three times Jesus there's no way I'll, I'll die for you first how many know you don't doubt Jesus? When Jesus says something, how many know that's going to happen? But Peter's pride was so overblown that he wasn't even listening to the Son of God. And there's times that we get so full of ourselves that we don't even listen to the Word of God. We're not listening to the warnings. I got this. I can handle this. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord looked, turned, and looked and straight at Peter. Man, what, what an encounter. I don't know the man. They let cursings come on me, and the moment he turns, the eyes of compassion lock with him. The same eyes that in a few hours are going to be saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The same eyes that looked upon the leopard and healed them. The same eyes that looked upon the sick and restored them. The same eyes that protected the adulterous woman. The same eyes that multiplied the fishes and loaves. The same eyes that brought healing, that brought compassion and love. Peter looks right into the eyes of eternity. And what does he see? Well, like that, huh? You're going to deny me three times? Forget you, dude. Is that what he sees in the eyes of Jesus? You know, I'm done with you, man. I told you. I told you you were going to do this. You know what? Get out of here. Forget you. I'm done with you, Peter. What does he see when he looks in his eyes? The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, and Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows three times today, you will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and what? Wept bitterly. 
Jesus' face is bloodied and beaten. Already has a crown of thorns upon his head, a robe upon his body. They've already scourged him. They've already beaten him. And through his blood-stained face, he looks over and he sees a man that has just denied him three times. And instead of turning his back on him, he extends love. The eyes of mercy, the eyes of grace, the eyes of love. And he does something. He went outside. Someone say went outside. He draws even farther away from Jesus. What do we do when we're guilty? What do we do when we're convicted? What do we do when we find ourselves in a place that we know we blew it and there's no way? We can't even, we, we can't even try to make excuses for where we're at. We know we're that we're stone cold busted. We blew it, we messed up. And Peter, he sees the eyes of love and compassion and just breaks into tears and he runs out. Instead of running closer, he runs farther away. Enemies hoping that he's going to deal with it the same way that Judas did. Enemy's not your friend. He went outside and wept bitterly. Let me, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you wept over breaking the heart of God? Or has sin become so easy for us that when we sin, it doesn't even matter anymore? Peter was so brokenhearted by what he had done. The rock crumbled. Some of you right now have said, I'll never do it again. I'll never do this. I'll never lose my temper again. I'll never look at pornography again. I'll never doubt God again. I'll never speak to my wife in that way. I'll never speak to, speak to my kids that way. And then you do it again and you just feel so ugly because of what you've done. Oh, Britney Spears, oops, I did it again. I blew it. But I want to speak to someone as I close this morning. I don't know who you are, but I've been there. I've been there. I've been in that place where you feel hopeless. Man, when am I going to get off this ride? I feel like I'm going in circles. Never put a period where God put a comma. Never put an ending where God is just doing a transition. Your mess up, what you think is the end is literally the new beginning in your life. Where you thought God was going to cast you aside, God is saying, I got grace for you. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. When you blow it, my power, my grace, my spirit shows up in that moment. And in John chapter 21, we see Jesus sitting with Peter. In fact, after he raises from the dead, he tells the women, he tells them this, go and tell the disciples and Peter. If I'm Jesus, I'm saying, go tell the disciples and not Peter. That fool denied me three times. Thank God I'm not Jesus. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. Jesus literally says, and Peter. 
Tell Peter I'm here. Tell Peter I love him. Tell Peter I'm still believing him. Still, I still call him the rock. He could have went back and called him Simon, but he didn't call him Simon. He didn't call him Pebble. He called him Peter. Go and tell Peter. I want you to know your mess up doesn't change what God intended for your life. Your mess up doesn't change your name. You're blowing it. Your mess up doesn't change what God had in store for you. What's a trip is this. Jesus could have cut Peter off the same way Peter cut off that ear. But just like the ear, Jesus picks Peter up and puts him back on. Whenever you've gotten disconnected, whenever you've gotten cut off, whenever you've blown it, I need you to, someone needs to hear me right now. Because the enemy has you so caught up in religion right now that thinks that if I blow it, God's not going to forgive me. That there's a certain amount of times that I can blow it before God's going to cut me off. I need you to know that God is not just a God of second chances. He's a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. He is a God of multiple chances. When he said, how many times do we forgive? Seventy times seven. God is telling us this. There's no limit to his forgiveness. No limit to his grace. And there's a point that you get so close to God that you don't sin not because you don't know that you're not going to be forgiven. You don't sin because you love God so much that you don't want to hurt his heart anymore. I use this example. I don't have an affair on my wife because there's not any other ladies that are attractive. I don't have an affair on my wife because I don't want to hurt her because I love her. I love, I'm in love with her. When is it that we're going to be so in love with God that our heart breaks when we hurt his heart? What did Peter learn as I close? Peter learned this first and foremost. Success isn't final and failure isn't fatal. He understood that just because you fail at something doesn't mean you're a failure. Some of you have failed at some things and you think you're a failure. Failure is an event, not a person. It's not an identity. You're not a failure just because you failed. I need you to understand something right now. Jesus never criticized him and never gave up on him. In fact, Jesus even told him, said, Satan has has asked to sift you like wheat. But Jesus told him this, but when you turn back, see, Jesus knew you're going to blow it, Peter, but I've already prayed for you. Peter, you're going to mess up. But when you come back, strengthen your brothers. When you come back, I know that this isn't going to defeat you. I know this isn't going to be the end of you. You might have messed up, but you're going to come back better. You're going to come back stronger. You're going to come back greater. Someone in this place right now you may have blown it but your comeback is going to be greater than your setback your comeback is going to be greater than your mess up God is about to bring a turnaround in your spirit come on somebody give God a shout of praise stand to your feet with me this morning God never wastes a failure Did you know that when you break a bone, when that bone's reset and it heals, there's a very slim chance of ever breaking that bone in that same place again? Why is that? Because when the bone mends, 
it always mends stronger. Where you failed, where you blew it, is going to become the area that's going to become your area of strength in your life. What is a weakness to you today can become a strength in you tomorrow. Bow your heads with me this morning. God forgives you. God forgives you. I said, God forgives you. Do you forgive yourself? Do you forgive you after God forgives you? Father, I pray for every person here in this place right now. Lord, I ask that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would cover each and every heart this morning. For those that are walking around in regret from the failures of yesterday. Lord, the times that we say we'll never do this again only to repeat that mistake. Lord, I pray right now for every person in the sound of my voice, both here in this church and online right now. And I decree that your area of weakness will become your area of strength. What was broken in the past will become mended and become stronger than ever has before. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16 says, however, however, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed. But the praise of God that you bear his name. But praise God that you bear his name. Whatever you go through, don't go through trials because of your stupidity. Whatever you suffer, do so because of God's glory. Because I'm living for God. I'm doing the right thing. So heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here right now. And you messed up. You're here right now and you feel like you've gone too far. You come to church because you feel God's presence, but you can never feel like God can use you again because of what you did. That's not God that you're hearing. That's the devil. That's the enemy telling you you're not worthy. You're damaged goods. God can't use you again. But I came to tell you that my God is a redeemer of people's failures. My God takes failures and he turns them around into testimonies. You're here right now and you feel that you've gone too far. Or maybe you've blown it and you feel so guilty. You know what that tells me? That guilt tells me that the conviction of the Holy Spirit still speaks to you. That the Holy Spirit is still over your life. The moment that you no longer feel guilty, that means that God has left you out over to a reprobate mind and you haven't got there yet. The fact that you feel conviction means that the Holy Spirit's still speaking to you this morning. That's you right now. You're just here to say, Pastor Dana, I just need another shot at this. I just need another shot. I just need another chance. You don't know how many times I've received a second chance from God. I should be in the, in the, in, there in the pews with you speaking this message because this message is for me this morning. That's you right where you are. Would you just lift your hands? Pastor Dan, I, I need a second chance. Yes, God bless you. 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 You can put your hands down. Maybe you feel so guilty of something that took place and you feel like God 
could never forgive you. If that's you, just really quickly, just wave your hand and put it down. Pastor, I think I've gone too far. Yes, I see that hand. Anyone else? Father, right now, yes, God bless you. How far? I've I've gone too far. God's love, God's mercy, God's grace. The Lord turned his guilt into grace and turned his failure into faithfulness. Peter spoke the greatest message and saw over 3,000 people come to Christ in one sermon. God used what was broken in order to reach the broken. It's in your brokenness that my God will maximize it to use your brokenness to reach the broken. So, Father, I pray for every person that has raised their hands in this place right now. I pray for every person right now, my God, that may feel, Lord, I'm too strong. I'm not going to fall. Lord, your word says to be careful lest we think we're strong, lest we fall. I pray right now in this moment for every person here. Lord, I bind guilt in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I, I bind condemnation in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, that the conviction of the Holy Spirit would draw us closer to you. If you raise your hand, I'm going to open these altars right now and ask you to step out of your seat and come here to these altars. Those of you at home, make an altar right there in your home, right there in front of your TV. Just step out. If you lifted your hand on the count of three, I want you to step out and come meet me at the altar. Ready? One, two, three. Step out of your seat right now and come to these altars. Some of you are like, wait, wait a minute, Pastor. You just told, you just talked about guilt and shame. You know what? Many times we sin in private, but God restores in public. Come on, somebody. Many of us sin in private, but God restores us in public. So I want you to know, whatever it is that you're facing, don't let guilt hold you back from breakthrough. And for those brave people that came forward this morning. Ask some of the ministers to come stand behind them. Those that are here, some of the prayer prayer team to come stand behind those that are here. Father, I pray right now for every person. Let not religion blind us from our relationship with you. Help us to see that you died on the cross because you knew, God, we couldn't do this on our own. Lord, help us to see through a new set of lenses of grace. And that as we receive grace, let us extend grace to others as well. Let us stop judging other people that blow it, God. Let us start seeing them through the lenses of grace. I want you to say this with me, Heavenly Father. I come to you now the way that I am. And I ask forgiveness for messing up again and again and again. I want to do the right thing but I end up doing the wrong thing. But I realize it's only through Christ Jesus can I live the life that you've called me to live. Not a life of sin, but a life of victory. So Holy Spirit, I make room for you right now. Come and live in me. Replace the areas of my life that I've surrendered to sin. I give you free reign. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, everyone says.
Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.